so it was just this constant stress that was in the front of my mind of while I was looking at food as healing, I also at the same time was just constantly stressed about what I was eating and if it could harm me or if it could help me. Facts do not have opinions. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Self-love is really about self-respect and acceptance. Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of Real Everything. I'm here each week to dive deeper into how we can find happiness and health inside and out through self-love, body positivity, and discovering new ways to be our best selves. Before we get started, a reminder, this podcast is for general education purposes and We are not your medical professionals, so please seek appropriate treatment with a licensed professional accordingly. And I'm so excited to welcome a longtime friend of the show. Welcome, Danielle Walker, back to The Whole View. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. It's you've been on the show before it was the whole view. Like it, uh-huh. <laughs> back, that's right. We were chatting before we started recording. It was like way back in the day. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Way, way back. <laughs> I am older than you are, but it was both of our age because we both started on the internet before the internet was like uh, what it is today for Gen Z. Oh my so gosh. We're... When it was a happier time, we started on the internet when it was a happier time. <laughs> I think there's like a lot of positivity that comes from the there internet. Is. No, there is. There's it's just also... a little bit more of a minefield than it used to be. Yes. It was just like new and exciting and fresh back then. But, yes. but yeah, gosh, you're making me feel really old. <laughs> no, you're younger than I am. So that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> For you listeners that don't know Danielle, definitely go back and listen to some of the earlier shows as well to get a feel for where your journey originated. But I'm excited mm-hmm. to hear more about what you've been up to and where that journey has taken you. Because I I know having talked to you on the internet, but to listeners, I think it's great to follow up. So if you're not familiar with Danielle, she is a New York Times bestselling author and you've written five paper cookbooks. Is that right now? Five cookbooks. Yes. Yes. And through that, you advocate for health as a self-trained chef and mom. (laughs) A lot of your recipes and cooking revolve not just around your own food and health, but also in feeding a family, which I think a lot of listeners will connect with. And all because you were diagnosed with an autoimmune disease at an early Mm -hmm. age and struggling to find what works for you. And ultimately, both through medical intervention, as well as through dietary and lifestyle changes, had your own kind of health journey. And now you share about all of that on your website, danielwalker.com. I also want to mention, because I like to embarrass people, your (laughs) accolades are as plentiful as your smiles. Um, And your smile is truly like people who know you, you are truly who you are on the internet, which I love. Forbes 30 under 30, way back in 2015, you were paving the way for (laughs) food bloggers, essentially, which I don't even know if that's what we're called anymore. I know. (laughs) (laughs) What is the proper name? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You might have seen Danielle also on the Today Show, The Doctors, E! News, Excess Hollywood, Home and Family, which I think is on the Hallmark channel. It was. It's no longer, but yes, it was. Yes. I know you're a big fan of the Hallmark channel. We'll talk about that later, as well as a (laughs) bunch of magazines like People, O Magazine, (laughs) USA Today, Parents, Good, so much more. So 
Again, I'm so excited that you're here. If nothing else to catch up, because I feel like we're long overdue for just a chat. But can you tell our listeners more about yourself and what you've been up to lately? (laughs) <laughs> yes, that's a, it's a really long journey to try to fit into it. So you can go and read my story about what Stacy mentioned just about being diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And I wrote it extensively in my memoir called Food Saved Me, just kind of everything from growing up and my relationship with food to then being diagnosed with ulcerative colitis when I was 22 and actually covering where my kind of start of realizing that food could make a huge impact in my health and my day-to-day symptoms of ulcerative colitis came from, which spoiler was in Uganda, nearly dying on a table in the hospital there. So you could read all about that, but it really did plant a seed for me that the gut microbiome and that the way that we eat and just even our lifestyle and stress and all of that plays a huge role in what I didn't even know was an autoimmune disease back then. So Fast forward many years and I've just learned so much and have really just poured my whole life and kind of my whole life's work and mission into creating food that could sustain kind of that thought of trying to heal with food or at least trying to minimize symptoms with food, but enjoying it throughout the process. Because as a young 20 something newly married with the thought and hope to have a family and have kids and get to do a lot of the things that I got to do with my mom and my grandma growing up, just like as simple as making chocolate chip cookies or going up to the snow and getting to have hot cocoa and marshmallows when we came inside or building a gingerbread house, just all those little things that I had such memories tied around. I just really wanted to make sure that not only I didn't lose those, but also that I got to do those things with my kids. And so everything in all my work is just trying to give people back the foods, the traditions that they feel like they have lost when they are not only diagnosed with an incurable chronic illness, but also finding out that there are certain food groups that they may not be able to eat anymore in order to live a fuller, happier life. And getting to enjoy food, I think is is essential in keeping that lifestyle sustainable because I know you and I've both been there and it's up and down, right? But eating like bland, boring cardboard food is just, it's not sustainable (laughs) and it's not enjoyable. And part of living a full and happy life to me is actually getting to enjoy my friends and family and getting to host and getting to sit around my table with my kids and not feeling like deprived and just bored and awful. Yeah. Since writing cookbooks, I've done five and then that mem food saved me. And I have online digital courses that I started. I have a line of seasoning blends that I put out just all really in an effort to try to make eating healthy, gluten-free, grain-free, approachable, accessible, enjoyable for people. And I'm just on social media, just trying to keep up creating videos and just trying to give people more of what I see that they need and that they want. I love it when you share your garden stuff on social media, like it is aspirational, right? I'm not growing Uh anything, although we do have some fruit trees. I planted one for each of the kids and yeah, um, so sweet, but, but the squirrels the squirrels oh, get all of those. Like it's just, just to make you feel a little better. I have not planted a garden in those boxes and probably now a year and a half because it was the same thing. It was just, I love it. And I do feel like I want to do it again with young kids. It's, it's just, there's one, if there's some things you just have to cut out. Right. Cause there's two, two to three weeks in the season where you have time to actually plant it. And if your life is crazy right. during that, you're like, no, I'm, this is not a priority yeah. for me this year. Yeah. 
Yeah. And in California, we do have a little more flexibility. My thing was more just that I would neglect it and forget to go and pick things. And then I'm like, I'm putting all this work into feeding the squirrels. And so <laughs> I'd either finally go up there and everything would be eaten, or I'd have these like gigantic zucchini that were just full of water because I forgot to pick them. And I felt like I was almost being more wasteful than just going to like the farmer's market <laughs> or the That's grocery funny. store. So I told Ryan, I was like, one day when my children are not little, I will go back to it because I really do enjoy it. And I love it. But I just think, so that you I, don't. Don't you grow pomegranate? on a tree like you have an yeah. orchard that was the first time a little I'd bit. ever seen like pomegranates yeah. being grown and I was mind yeah. blown yeah Yes. Yeah. And you know what? Pomegranates are so expensive. So if you like them we, and we actually inherited, it was like when we moved into our house, there was already two pomegranate. They're trees, but they're almost like bushes. And that was a fun, just like we found it. We didn't know that like the, the owners that had our house previously didn't walk us through the whole thing and be like, this is this. And so it just <laughs> one, didn't give you know, you a fall. I was like, no, I was like, oh my gosh, there's pomegranates. It was definitely really fun when we moved in. The kids were, it was like a little treasure hunt, finding new things. So yeah, um, the season yes. changed. Yeah. Okay. So from fun stuff, I, one of the things that I love about you is your willingness to be vulnerable. And I know that has really helped people through your journey, both personally and with your family. And you have shared openly about how your health was impacted, especially a couple of years ago after a huge stress cycle in your life and all that kind of stuff, how both yeah. modern medicine and lifestyle changes were important to that healing. And I was wondering if you could share more about that specifically in the context to, I think that the longer I've been in this, and I'm curious how you feel about it, the more I see people really clinging to the idea that like, if they stress about every bite that they put in their mouth, if yeah. they control as much as they can, then they think that they can fix whatever's happening inside. And sometimes that's mm -hmm. just not the case as much as like food and lifestyle can help. It's not enough. And I think your willingness right. to share about what you were going through was really powerful and hopefully helping some people be willing to also go modern medicine when needed. Yeah. Yeah. So I shared extensively that was in 2019. And again, yes, like you said, I went through a year of not really taking the best care of myself. I drove myself into the ground, which I have the tendency to do. And I just push, push. And I knew symptoms were present early in the year, but just was like, I'll take care of it when, and I ended up really crashing. And it was the first time in 10 years that I was hospitalized for UC for my disease. And there's a piece of me that's if I could have taken care of it right when I noticed symptoms popping up and I could have had completely stress-free environment where I just sat there in like meditation and then ate really healthy food. I probably could have reversed the symptoms and actually gotten back into remission, but that's not life. A lot of times we've got jobs and we have kids and things come at us like loss or death or sickness that we can't control. And to that same point, as I was sitting in the hospital, I was hospitalized for three weeks and did end up doing medical intervention, a medication that ended up really helping get me into remission. I realized that I've always known that stress can cause flare-ups for autoimmune disease. It was something that I noticed personally pretty quick off, off the get-go from getting diagnosed, but then and hearing it so often. And I think I always thought of it as just stress of stress from your job or stress from like just doing too much. But then I realized for 10 years, I've actually been stressed about what I'm putting in my mouth. Like you said, about everything that I'm eating could going out to this restaurant 
put me in the hospital tomorrow if I accidentally got exposed to gluten? Or should I not have tasted a few bites of my kid's ice cream at Disneyland? So it was just this constant stress that was in the front of my mind of while I was looking at food as healing, I also at the same time was just constantly stressed about what I was eating and if it could harm me or if it could help me. And so I think that also contributed to it. It's just a lot to be thinking about on a consistent basis. And if I could I wish that I was the type of personality that didn't stress about all of that, but it's just not the way my brain works. Um, and so it's been a journey for three years of really learning to be grateful for the medication that I'm on while also realizing that medication was not being efficient without going back to that like clean paleo style diet, just like they told me for it. So it's an infusion medication and it's called Intivio. And I will say, I am super grateful that I was able to avoid the medications for 10 years that they were wanting to put me on when I was first diagnosed because the laundry list of side effects from those ones from a decade ago are completely, not completely diminished, but I don't get any side effects from the one that I was able to go on in the hospital. So while I was dealing with kind of the feelings of like guilt and shame that I think come from the natural kind of healing wellness industry of if you use this and this, then you're not doing it right. At the same time, I was like, okay, 10 years of not being hospitalized and not having to do the medications that were presented to me 10 years ago, bought me this time to then have a new one that I can go on that I can use hand in hand. But back to what I was saying, they said four infusions and I would have been in remission. And I was at like eight infusions and I was still not in remission and still having side effects and symptoms. And I wasn't eating very well when I got out of the hospital because I was just like PTSD, super, super sick, malnourished, had lost so much weight. And I was like, I just want all the like gluten-free baked goods and things that like, don't like, like bone broth made my stomach turn. <laughs> and, and I just, I was on prednisone steroids that made me just eat at all hours of the night. And I'm for the first three weeks home, I think I ate gluten-free bread, like toast, like nine times a day. That was just like all I wanted and like yogurt. And there were a bunch of things that I hadn't been eating for practically a decade that I just was like, all right, give it to me. And so when I stripped back to what I knew was really healing for my gut, like lots of soups and bone broth and no like uncooked vegetables at that time while I was healing, I think it really just came hand in hand with the medication. I looked at it as, okay, this medication is trying to fight inflammation in my gut, but I'm eating all these inflammatory foods. So it's like butting heads. And so if I'm going back to what I know about anti, inflammatory foods while also taking the medication, how much more powerful could the medication be in like that my body could accept it. So that's where I am right now. I know that food is really powerful and healing and I've seen it and millions of people's stories that they've so graciously sent me over the last decade. And I've also seen it in my own body, but learning to realize that there can be an and or. And so, yeah, that's been my journey for the last few years. I love so much about what you just shared. And I think that like you're touching on the guilt and shame in the wellness world, especially mm -hmm. for those that are putting themselves out there to be leaders or publicly being vulnerable about it. And that process can be really hard, especially when you're trying to heal, to deal mm -hmm. with the literal attacks that can come your way is just mm -hmm. another stress that you don't need. And to be mindful that there is that stress of watching every single bite that you put in your food. But also one of the things that you said is that raw vegetables was something that you couldn't eat yeah. at the time. And I think this is where it comes into really understanding your body and working with your medical professionals, because every source out there from a medical literature perspective, right. almost all of them are going to say that vegetables are the healthy thing that you should be eating. And in your case, 
from a digestive standpoint, that was not serving you. That was not helpful. That was hurting you. And so it's this idea of what works for one person might not work for the next, but I think we can all come up with our own philosophy in terms of finding that sweet spot of prioritizing the things that nourish us, that help us feel good, that give us energy, that our body, our joints, our brain, our, all these things feel as optimal as we can, but without losing some of those things that you talked about earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Connection to family, Mm -hmm. connection to enjoying Disney, like all those kinds of Mm -hmm. things are just so important that get lost in the nuance of the labels and the dogma around some of the early days. I mean, I are, I think when we all first got into this world, like in the paleo world, food was like that. I believed it for many years that like just the food is all that matters for me. And I had to learn the hard way that my emotional health, my spiritual health, my mental health, all of that needs to be in like working order for your overall wellness. And I think not getting to enjoy those things like at Disney or holidays that causes emotional and mental distress, which can, I think, just start to put everything off balance. So it is, it's a, it's like a tightrope for sure of figuring it all out and trying to walk the line of knowing that there's a lot of different healing tools in our toolbox and food is a massive one, but it's not the end all be all. And if you're eating perfectly clean, whatever you believe works best for your body, whether it's vegan or paleo or whole 30 or gluten-free, but if you're sticking straight to that, but all those other assets or areas in your life are like in disarray, then the food kind of gets canceled out in a sense. And yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting journey. And I feel like I'm always constantly learning and evolving, but yeah, the raw vegetable thing, it's interesting because because I had to really train myself because I started with something called SCD, which is a specific carbohydrate diet. And it's very similar to gaps. And when I first got started, because I think I was just so desperate to just feel better and find something that worked, I just followed everything to a T. And when I started working with more of a functional medicine practitioner who really helped me identify like, okay, this is a really great starting point, but there's a few things within this that are causing you to still to have symptoms. And so let's really try to make it more nuanced. And then similarly, I think I did my first whole 30 and just eight salads and raw vegetables. And I was in a flare up and I was like, Oh wait, back when I did SCD and gaps, like five years ago, they said, lay off of the uncooked vegetables for a bit. And here's why. And so I ended up really combining like multiple different kind of diets and ideas about the way to eat to, to what I knew worked best for me and my specific disease. Yeah. And I think where I hear you saying you landed is that there isn't necessarily a label for how you eat. No. But there are some foods that are okay, so to speak from paleo, but that you don't eat. But then there are also foods that are not traditional. For example, Rice Krispie treats or corn are on your website now. Whereas before for my kids, not for, for me. Kids. I know, but <laughs> I wish, I wish, <laughs> but, but yes. I think like that idea. So that kind of takes, takes me into the next thought process, which is like, what, what does that look like for you and your family? Because you do have young children who are Coming of age, I remember when my kids were that age, it was starting to be from it being cool that we were doing this thing that was like online and people felt better too, but my lunch looks different from everybody else's. Mm. And I think one of the things, uh, spoiler alert, like one of the things that I regret (laughs) as a teenage, like having teenagers now is creating so much energy around what they were eating like what it doesn't matter what they were eating but that there was so much focus and thought and 
like everything I went from having no education at all about what I was eating or reading labels and only feeling like calories or grams of fat were things that I needed to worry about and demonize like growing up in diet culture to then meticulously reading ingredient labels and becoming like food obsessed. And I realized after the fact that I was putting something else on my kids that like I didn't realize I was creating the same way that I'm sure my parents didn't realize that they were putting on me when I was a child. So it's this mm-hmm. constant mm-hmm. thing of like, when you're, when your kids get grown, you start to realize, oh, this is what they're going to go to therapy about for what I did to them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I, I know that you approach how your family eats differently than how you eat, which was not something yeah. that we did in our home. We, we kept everything out of our home. And so I'm curious if you can share more about what that looks like for you all, both in and out of the home, like when you're, mm-hmm. when you go out to mm-hmm. eat and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's constantly evolving too, because my kids were really little when I started and gosh, back in the day, it was like, they didn't even know spaghetti noodles versus like spaghetti squash. So I got lucky in that. And I always like when people have asked me questions, like when I do Q and A's about when they were little, they're like, well, how do I get a preteen to eat spaghetti squash? And I'm like, honestly, I don't know. Cause I haven't been there. And my kids have just been raised with this. However, fast forward now, like they eat brown rice noodles. I can't tolerate rice. There's I've learned a lot, first of all, about the different ingredients. And we've got so many new products on the market that I feel like are good alternatives for my family, even if I can't eat them. But I think my approach has been a couple things. Number one, I really do try not to make multiple meals. I don't want to be for my own sake. I don't want to be like, oh, here's your whole dinner, but mom can't eat this. I'd like to all be involved in it. And so even if they're having brown rice noodles, but like I'm having the spaghetti over something else, that's at least still like one of the bulk part of the meal is what I make. Similarly, if I do a stir fry, they'll have rice and it's fine. And I'm like, I don't eat it, but they do. And like the Rice Krispie treats and a couple of the things on the new website that I can't eat, but I want them to still be able to enjoy. So really the biggest thing for us that we stay away from is gluten, refined sugar and food dyes for the most part in our house. But when they're out and like at friends' houses, things like that, or out at school, gluten is like my biggest one, just because I've just learned so much about how it can just be so inflammatory in the gut. And because autoimmune disease can be hereditary for us, it's more of like a preventative measure. And we talk a lot about that. And it's a fine balance of feeling like they're having to eat a certain way just because of mom versus like trying to educate them and have them understand what I always tell my kids is I'm like, we've been given one body on this earth and we have to just take the best care of it that we can. And here's why we eat this way, because I think that it really takes good care of your body and it's treating it when, but then Halloween just happened recently. And I went from like when they were little to letting them literally have four pieces from their trick-or-treating. And then we'd pay them for the rest and go to Target and pick out a toy or I'd swap it for some of the organic stuff to this time being a little bit more lenient on it. And okay, we're going to have it in the house for a week and we'll get, you can have a few pieces a day or whatever it is. And then I think we still did the gift certificates, but I just was like, I told my oldest the other day and he was like, I just want to keep it all. And I was like, so here's the deal. I don't think it's going to hurt you to have it for a week and have a few pieces a day or whatnot, but to have five pounds of it, like anything, it, it has to still be done in moderation, regardless of what it is, because it's, that's a lot, like that's just an excess for anybody's body. And so we just talked a little bit about 
about it. And he was like, he pushes back a little bit more now because he's 12. But I just have always tried to go out of the approach of whatever I can do to educate them at home, but not in a shameful way of just, hey, here's why, here's what we do. Here's, it's mostly because of mom and I've experienced this and it would break my heart to ever have you guys go through what I've gone through. And then he's my oldest. So I know in the next few years, we're going to come up against a whole lot more when he's got that freedom to be out and be at friends' houses or once he's getting his driver's license and he wants to go through whatever, drive through and get his food. So I I just have like always gone at it as I can give them a foundation and I'm going to try to educate them the most and the best that I can. And then they're going to be able to go out and do what they want. And my hope is that they see some sort of a correlation, which we've seen in the past. Like we've like, there was one instance. I remember when he was like 10, where we went to the city, we saw like a Broadway show and we stayed overnight in a hotel, just my oldest and my husband and I, and we left the littles at home. And I was like, I'm just going to let him go at it. Like whatever he wants to do. So it's like, he's ordering room service and he's having candy and he's having ice cream and his stomach hurt the next day. (laughs) And not that I was like, oh good, this is a teaching opportunity, but he still remembers it. And he's, oh, maybe I'm going to just choose to have the candy and not the candy and the ice cream and the pizza and the burgers and all of that. Cause he under, he remembers how he felt just trying to try to get them to listen to their bodies early. I, I saw a sign the other day in a, actually in my doctor's office, but it was like, if you listen to your body, when it's whispering, it'll never have to scream at you. And I was like, Oh, I like that. So just teaching them that what they're eating does affect how they might feel the next day. It might, if they have a tummy ache, then I'll kind of be like, what did we have yesterday? Or what did you eat? And let's try to figure it out. But getting them to just understand from an early age that like what they eat is not inconsequential to the way that they feel. But yeah, it's a ask me again in four years and we may have a different answer. (laughs) I think where I was at that time was definitely very much along the same lines. And I think for me, what I didn't want to do was to restrict entirely and then have them like go forth at their friend's house and completely go buck wild. And and as much as I have regrets at the same time, I'm like, well, if the thing that my kids are rebelling against me for at this point is that every time we go out, they want soda, they want Mm -hmm. all these kinds of things that they grew up not having compared to what I know is happening with other teenagers and the rebellions that they're pushing for, like that's uh-huh. not the worst thing in the world. At the same time, like, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't want to give disordered eating to my kids. And I think one of sure. the things right. that I heard you say early on, and I just want to like revisit in this context is you realized how much your emotional and mental health played into your physical health. And so one of the things that I've also come to is this realization that when we're experiencing a health ailment, like I don't immediately jump to what did we eat yesterday? Because I've realized how much like in my own world, stress has a huge impact on that. Or are Mm -hmm. we fighting a bug that's going around school or all that kind of stuff? And I think the hard thing for me was in realizing that I had put so much into the food when really it it has more to do with that. And so now I feel like I'm backtracking a little on teaching my kids to listen to the whisper about the other things. It was always about mm-hmm. the food, not how much sleep did you get last night? Does your body feel tired because mm-hmm. you're fighting a mm-hmm. bug? Are you stressed about a quiz coming up at school? Because anxiety, I have multiple children with anxiety. We're a yeah. neurodiverse house. We have ADHD and all these different kinds of things. And like, as much as we ate a certain way to support their bodies being optimized for a while, now it's almost like they're disconnected from, as they become adults, controlling some of the mm-hmm. things are not in the domain of food, if that makes sense. But Mm -hmm. as your kids get bigger, 
the issues get bigger. If you have the other stuff dialed in, I think helps. I don't know if I'm making sense, but it's been, yeah, no, you it's are. been a journey. I, mean, I see it again. It's that toolbox, right? It's yes. like those, all those components and you pull out the different tools yes. depending on what the situation is. And you try to hope that it all like cranks and works well together. Yes. Um, but yeah, right now, like we're still little. So in our house, it's like yes. a little tummy ache one day, but nothing too serious. And yet. The littles are so cute. But it's thanks. hard for me to believe that he's 12 because I know. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure it's hard for you to believe that yeah. Cole's graduating high school. Like it's crazy. <laughs> It is. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I feel old and it feels when we all started was like yesterday, but also forever ago at yes. the same time. But when you see the kids, like Asher, my 12 year old was two when I first started blogging and I think maybe three when my first book came out. And yeah, you go back and you look at his little face and like the pages of the first book and then you see him now and you're just like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. Yeah. And as much as I say that I have all this regret, like the fact that Colt, Cole is going to go to culinary school after he graduates high school. He wants to be a chef. And I'm like, okay, so clearly I didn't like completely mess up his relationship with food. He loves cooking. He loves food. I think it comes back to, it was that like that same mentality for us that it was for you. And that like, we wanted to create new memories. We wanted to have a positive relationship with the food that we were eating. We wanted it to taste good. Like all of these kinds of things I think are really healthy and where I see things be problematic for so many others is like, when you have negative association or guilt or shame about any food that you're eating, that's when it really gets into dangerous territory. This podcast is sponsored by Ritual. Use code WHOLEVIEW to get 10% off your first three orders. Remember when Lindsay Dahl was the guest on episode 32? She blew my mind talking about the concerns with supplement safety. And I love that someone with her expertise is working with Ritual, which is now the first multivitamin I have ever felt comfortable recommending because I trust Lindsay, her research, and the amazing work Ritual is doing for our health and the planet since they're also a certified B Corp. With age, I have found the wisdom that perfection is truly the enemy of the good. The stress of tracking every bite isn't worth the payoff that may come from nutrient sufficiency for me. What I can do is take a multivitamin thoughtfully designed to optimize my health. Ritual Smart Capsule has a delayed release designed to optimize dissolving in the small intestine, the ideal place to absorb nutrients, and mind-blowing factoid. They are also essenced with mint to ensure no unpleasant aftertaste. And honestly, this has made it the easiest for me to incorporate these without my body wanting to resist. Also, there are way fewer pills. Combining oily and dry ingredients into one capsule, you can get the nutrients you need in just two daily pills, smaller than most omega-3 or multivitamins I've seen. And their products are simple, clean, and backed by science, made traceable and formulated to be customized to your specific needs. Plus, Ritual has the first-of-its-kind traceable supply chain so that you can see where all of your key ingredients come from and why they are there. They show proof. Their flagship multi has a USP verification and a peer-reviewed and published clinical study, and all of their products are vegan, non-GMO, and gluten-free, and third-party tested, so you know you can trust them. Start a vitamin ritual you can trust. To get started, visit ritual.com slash wholeview today and get 10% off your first three orders. That's ritual.com slash wholeview to start your new ritual today.
This podcast is sponsored by Felix Grey, which I am wearing right now because their research-backed blue light glasses effectively filter up to 15 times more of the impactful blue light than other clear lenses. I love my clear frame panorama lenses for every day. Not because I have a prescription, though you can get Felix Grey with or without custom lenses, but because I strongly believe that wearing these has helped maintain my eye health, preventing the need for prescription glasses into my 40s. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're exposed to blue light. We actually did a deep dive in episode 302, and there is a ton of science about how disruptive and harmful the light emitted from electronic devices are for our eyes and overall health, especially at night, since it can lower the production of melatonin, the hormone that regulates sleep. If you have headaches, eye strain, blurry vision, dry, tired eyes, and trouble sleeping, those are common symptoms that 9 out of 10 customers experience relief from when giving Felix Grey a try, and I am definitely one of them. You can protect yourself and make an amazing fashion statement. To get the best blue light glasses on the market, use my URL, felixgrayglasses.com slash whole view. Non-prescription and prescription available. Check them out now, felixgrayglasses.com slash whole view. Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges, felixgrayglasses.com slash whole view. So shout out to Amy from our iHeartRadio Cloud Temp team, who is a big fan of yours. And funnily enough, when you shared our podcast about the early on around the vaccines and stuff like that is actually how we got connected with our network. And I reached out to her and asked if she had a question for you, because I know she is a fan and she was wondering Uh if you could talk about how to get partners to eat healthier, to be co-models for good nutrition and for children. So we've talked a lot about families and that dynamic. And I think talking about not being a short order cook and making one family meal, obviously that applies. And you and I both have amazing partners that are all in with us. So it's not like they're very resistant, but do you have, have you talked to listeners and stuff about what helps? Yeah, I have. And yes, I'm really fortunate in that my my spouse was able to jump on board with me pretty quickly, mostly because he knew that I wasn't going to stick with it and that I needed to, because he was, it was hard for him to keep watching me get sick. And he's like, all right, we got to at least try this thing. And we were newlyweds and it's so different in this day and age. But I think I've seen, if you can't get your actual partner on board, I think that's not accessible for everybody. Some partners are just not willing to, or maybe they have other dietary intolerances that they're like, this is the way I have to eat and I can't do what you want to do or what is best for your body. And so I've just seen people reach out and find other people. And I will say that is one thing that I don't think we had back when we first started the social media, like we talked about, there's definitely like the blessing and the curse of it. And I've seen just so many people connect with other people in like their similar community online to find that support if they can't find it in their house. But it's really hard for sure. If your kitchen and pantry is stocked with a bunch of things that you feel like are harmful for your body and you're trying to avoid those things, right? That takes a lot of willpower for sure. And I don't know that anybody can be that perfect about it. So I do think sharing what you feel like if there aren't any allergies or other things on that other side of it to really sit down and share that you'd love to try it and that you really could use their support in it. And even if you can get them to commit, I always say like a 30 day type of thing, because that's really how long it takes to really see any sort of improvements and to make it a challenge. I was talking to somebody who has 
uh, like four kids and teenage age, and they made it like a fun challenge for the whole family. And then they would sit down and really try to look and see, oh, is, have you noticed anything about this? Or is there anything that you'd want to do differently in terms of the way that the food tastes and getting them involved and getting them to like pick out the recipes that they want to try or cooking with them. But I always say the biggest, I think the biggest thing is most partners are just skeptical that it's going to taste like crap. So I'm like, I always am like, make something first. Like I'm a big peace offering. Here's a great dish of like cookies or like a really good dinner or something. So something that, like, you've that already tried least... yourself and tastes good. Yes. And is not like a liver yes. hamburger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like present it. And just that way, like you can check that one off the bat of it doesn't have to taste like crap, Yeah, but I, and just to at least open the conversation to it. Cause I think a lot of people use that as I don't need to do it for myself and I don't want to not enjoy the rest of my life, but I'm like, that's, and that's why similarly to the kids thing, I would say the biggest compliment I get is when my readers come up and I have a, a very large female audience. And so the biggest compliment I get is when they're like, it passed the test with my partner or they'll be like, my, I've heard things like my husband asked if this is one of your recipes. And if it's not like, he doesn't want to try it. I'm like, okay, that's huge. If it passed that test, (laughs) if it passed the partner test, then I'm like, that's a good sign. But yeah, I think getting them on board to just know that they can enjoy the food. And then I think really being honest with them about, Hey, I really feel like I need to do this or at least give it a shot so that I can be healthy for you. And for, if you've got kids and I'm doing it, like, yes, we're doing it for ourselves, but I know from my perspective, after I was separated from my son for three weeks in the hospital and then bedridden for another couple months, I did it for him and I did it for my husband. So I'm like, I can't go back to this place of putting every burden on you to take care of household and jobs and children like childcare while, you know, I'm sick and you can't avoid it. And it is what it is when you have an autoimmune disease, but I'm like, I want to fight to be the best partner that I can be and the best mom that I can be. So I think if you can explain it in that way of doing this for us, and I really would love your support because it's really hard for me to make my own meals and like, feel like I'm on this little desert Island. And then also at the same time, having you eat these things around me makes it really hard. And so could we at least try to commit to doing it together for just a certain amount of time? Yeah. And it's, it's going to be met with different reactions depending on who that person is. But my hope for everybody is that they at least have somebody in their life that can come in and support them and, and do it with them. Yeah. I think those are all really great. And when you were talking, I was reminded of what that looked like for us early on versus what that looks like for us now. And like, my gosh, you have no idea what it's like to feed four teenagers. Let me just tell you. I can't I, even imagine. I needed to have invested <laughs> stock into Costco. Let me just. So, you know, we have gone from a whole bunch of different things to try to accommodate like the food that needs to be put on the table. And yeah. it got to a point where I think Matt just got burned out. Like he got tired of cooking yeah. and like just really burned out. And there would be things on the table. Like he makes, he loves to make clam pasta. It's like onions and clams. And then we'll often use like the ca- cassava noodles. The Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Be all. <laughs> yes. And then yes, yes. And then there was like nothing else on the table. Whereas before there would always be like, broccoli and salad and whatever. And I think what happened uh-huh. is his brain just shut down. Yeah, He has ADHD <laughs> and he, he 80%ed dinner. He like got the, mm-hmm, the main mm-hmm. thing on it. And I'm like, babe, we can't just only serve like clam pasta. <laughs> like, what? Not only is that not giving the nutrients that everybody needs, but also that's not going to fill everybody up. Like I need the yeah. fiber for their tummies, like the other things. So I think, you know, what came up for me when you were talking is that like, we had to sit down and have that 
that conversation and I had to bring logic to it, right? I couldn't just be Mm -hmm. like, we should have salad on the table. That's not an Mm -hmm, effective mm -hmm. communication tool in our marriage. I think if someone is really like having a difficult time with their partner, what you were talking about is like explaining to them or whatever. It's also okay if you don't have all these restrictions in your life, if you don't have an autoimmune or whatever, but you just want to incorporate more variety and diversity into your foods and you want to be mindful of these things and you want to start making change, it's okay to even just have that conversation and to say, I want to do this for me. For my family, for kids, and come up with some sort of compromise. But I think it has to start with Mm -hmm. like genuine communication because otherwise it just becomes like passive aggressive headbutting at some points, right? Yes. Yeah. I've seen couples that we know where like the the one spouse will intentionally, after one has said, No, you can't have that, the other will give it to the kid. And that's just creating (laughs) so many more problems and like the marriage and parenting and all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I think that like I think communication just like you said, and that's, you've got to be on the same team. So you have to sit down and talk about those things. And it's hard if you're on different pages for sure. (laughs) Yes. So if you're wondering what recipe to make of Danielle's that will convince your partner that food that is both good for you can taste good. My very favorite recipe of yours, and you probably know, because I tag you a thousand times when we make it, I literally (laughs) make this recipe all the time, is your leftover roast chicken soup with roasted vegetables. Yes. You're like, why is that recipe the recipe? Isn't that funny when there's one that just so good. And what I love about it is that someone, you don't, it's not like a huge investment, right? You don't have to like make a bunch of stuff from scratch. It comes from the basis of a leftover chicken. You could even do like rotisserie chicken or something from the store, which is what we often do. And then it's just roasting vegetables and putting them all together in a pot. And I love having soup on and a bunch of different seasonings. Dried herbs. So that's like the base of that one too. So good. What are your favorites? That's my favorite. Yeah. What are your favorites? Gosh, go back to that one a lot, but that is one of those ones that like took me by surprise how many people ended up like just (laughs) loving it and continuing to make it. So I, that one, I love, I'm like, you know, when you get asked that question and you blank on any recipe that you've ever created well, you in your just, entire you life, I'm like, oh, about, no. <laughs> you just posted about Swedish meatballs from healthy in a hurry. That looked really yes. good. Yes, My kids love that. We love, there's a stroganoff recipe. That's from like my second book that we still make consistently. I just, from meals I made simple. On like, yeah. Yeah. I grew up on those like creamy mm-hmm. casserole type dishes. So I love those. They're just nostalgic for me. And then I burnt broccoli is like a thing in our household. It's something I make at least like four times a week. And you have a seasoning blend for it now. I do. Yeah. Finally, the recipe's out there to create your own seasoning blend. But I was like, I was sick of making it and my taco (laughs) seasoning. So I was like, we're going to bottle these things so that I can order them and everybody else can just buy it and shake it on. And then my granny sterile spaghetti sauce. It's like one of those, it was in my very first book, but it's on my website as well. And I make every other week I make just like a giant vat of it. I mean, you say feeding four teenagers, my seven-year-old, I think eats like a teenager and I'm already just, I said that, but wait, it's going to be like, wait until he's 14, wait till they're actually teenagers. <laughs> yeah. But we've got, I've got three kids and we are already to the point of, I think I make six pounds of ground beef for taco night. And that's, mm. we don't eat it all at dinner. Mm-hmm. We have a little leftover for like my, mine and Ryan's lunch at work the next day. But I'm like, if we're already going through that much right now, now with three kids, I'm like, I just don't, I yeah. don't know what life is going to be like. And I remember when funny. I first started writing recipes, 
my kids were teeny, right? And I'm like, oh, figuring it out in my head. I'm like, oh, like a quarter pound of meat per person is this many servings. And now I'm like, oh, just kidding. As your children grow, the amount that you need grows exponentially. It's funny, yours and Cassie Garcia, I love both of your cookbooks and we still cook out of them. And anytime I like go to recipes in both of your cookbooks, I'm like, and we're doubling it. (laughs) Like it's just, even if it says it it feeds six for our family of six, it is not going to feed ours. Yeah. Yeah. But then yep. I, You've always I love know. leftovers. Yeah. I, I would, I, do I would much rather not have to make my lunch the next day and just reheat something. I would yes. also say that you are phenomenal at making cookies. So like you said earlier, oh. like for your partner, make chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Like basically any cookies on your website are fantastic. So that's an easy way to convince someone is just to make your cookies. Yeah. I was going to say like that or the holidays coming up. I have a dairy-free fudge recipe that I make and box up for anybody, regardless of how they have to eat and the marshmallows. Like I love to do things like that. Homemade marshmallows are so special. They're so good. Dinners, like dinners when you have to eat grain-free and dairy-free are relatively easy to take your old favorite recipe and kind of convert it or omit one of the, like a rice or something like that. But the baked stuff, the baked goods are like the hardest part. So I definitely spend the most time trying to recreate all of those things. And yeah, I think people used to call me like the cookie lady back way back (laughs) when I first started. That was like my nickname out there. It's okay. There are worse things to be called. It's Um, true. It's true. I don't mind being known for my real deal chocolate chip cookies. Beauty Counters Black Friday and Cyber Monday offer is wrapping up, but it is not too late to save with the best sale they've ever had. 30% site-wide. And even if you already grabbed some things, you can use your BOB credits during the sale for another purchase because they're worth more when everything is on sale. Plus there's free shipping. I put together my annual non-toxic, sustainable, safer gift guide if you're in search of ideas. I have something for everyone, even those impossible to shop for or if you're on a budget. When you buy more, you save more. So the carts I put together will take you from saving 20% site-wide to 30%. And I'm donating a portion of sales through month end and personally matching it to adopt families in need this holiday season. Last year, this is so impactful for our whole family to do this. So not only are you supporting my women-owned small business with B Corp products that are better for you and the planet, you're also helping out families in need at the holidays. Win, win, win. Don't forget to add Band of Beauty to your cart for another 10% back. That's 40% savings. Choose Stacy Toth, me, so I can thank you and send you some happy mail. And that's beautycounter.com slash Stacy Toth. This is a huge way to save both for yourself and for gifting this holiday season and a way to vote with your wallet to support a mission to get safer products into the hands of everyone through health protective laws. Go to beautycounter.com slash S-T-A-C-Y-T-O-T-H, just like any other website. And if you need any help at all, email me, Stacy at realeverything.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by ButcherBox. And if you haven't tried ButcherBox delivery, or maybe you paused it during your summer travels, now is the time because they're offering you my favorite ribeyes free for a year, a year, plus $10 off at butcherbox.com slash whole view. These are the very same exact steaks that I have every month when my body tells me that I need more iron. 
you know, that time of the month. And I love that they're just in the freezer waiting for me. The convenience of being able to throw together what we want anytime saves us time. But ButcherBox offers awesome exclusive member deals also to make high quality protein affordable. You can adjust your box to adapt to changing seasons, what deals are being offered, and kids' preferences. Since mine each cook a meal a week, ButcherBox allows us to empower them to prepare to live on their own while making our parenting job that much easier. No grocery stores or kitchen duty. There are a lot of food delivery service providers and I've searched them all. None compare to ButcherBox. Humane and sustainably raised meat. The beef is grass fed and finished. Chicken is free range organic. Seafood is wild caught. No antibiotics or added hormones. Shipped for free, frozen right to your door in an eco-friendly 100% recyclable box. They're certified B Corp focused on quality for you, the animal and the planet. And if you wanna give it a go, do not let this awesome deal fly by. This Black Friday, ButcherBox is offering our listeners one of the best steak deals. Get two 10-ounce ribeyes free in every box for a whole year when you join, plus an additional $10 off. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash wholeview and use code wholeview. That's three free ribeyes for a year, plus $10 off at butcherbox.com slash wholeview with code wholeview. Other than making marshmallows, what are your holiday traditions? So for listeners, they're listening Mm -hmm. today on Black Friday. What are you guys going to be doing? Yeah, Thanksgiving leftovers are my favorite. I just, I was, I grew up like the day after Thanksgiving, we would decorate the whole house and we would always make like turkey sandwiches. And so I have a grain-free bread recipe that I always make up in advance. So I use it for my stuffing and I'll always double or triple and have an extra loaf so that we can have the cranberry and the turkey and Ryan likes the gravy, like in his sandwich while we decorate. And then I really switch into holiday treats mode. Like my kids, that's, they want, they ask, we live in California. So if there's a drop of rain, not snow, they're like, can we have hot cocoa? So I'm like, we go, we make hot cocoa. I always have those marshmallows around the holidays. I have a recipe for grain-free gingerbread houses where you make the dough and you roll it out and you measure it. And I'd like to say that we actually do that every holiday season, but we don't. (laughs) I buy the kits and we make those. And then if I make the dough, we're like putting it into little cookies so that we can actually enjoy them. But yeah, it's a big treat season. The fudge is one that I make consistently and give it out as gifts. Plus if you have leftovers, it's really good dropped into your coffee as just a little side note, but, and cinnamon rolls for Christmas morning. It's a, I'm a big holiday girl and the food is my favorite part of it mostly and gathering people around that food and getting to give it as homemade gift. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Lots of fun treats and lots of baking happens in my house around the holidays. Yeah. We, so Matt is now a postal carrier for the U S postal service and always ends up having to work the weekend, especially around Black Friday, Cyber Monday in the week or two after because everybody's buying everything online. Mm -hmm. Now, because Black Friday sales start like weeks earlier, the (laughs) busy season starts earlier for him. So we've had to change our traditions a little bit. We historically always got our tree on Black Friday and that weekend decorating and officially kicked off like holiday season. And what I love about you is how much you love the holiday season. Have you kicked oh, I love it? it. You've, you've officially kicked off way, way long oh, I've already Black Friday, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. So we, my, my family was very adamant growing up that it could not be done until Black Friday, essentially till the day after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. no like Christmas music, no decorations, no movies. And Ryan had the same 
thing. And I always tried to push the envelope. It was like, oh, it's November. And it, we held to it. But in 2019, I got out of the hospital two days before Thanksgiving. And I came home to the house decorated because my husband knows how much I love it. And he knew that it would make me feel like more at Aww. home. And, and I, I had months of healing to go. And so I just remembered that. And then the next year we were all stuck at home. It was 2020. And it was just sad and lonely. And so we like Halloween passed and I was like, you know what? We're just like going to switch from Halloween to Christmas. Let's just put it all up. <laughs> we'll still celebrate Thanksgiving. Well, like we, we won't pass it by. I was like, there's no Thanksgiving movies and music and there are, but not really. So yeah, I have made it a little bit of a new tradition to just go for it a little early. And it's like, to me, I know people are like, what well, waters it down and you don't get to enjoy it as much and it becomes less special. And I'm like, actually, I love it. And if it makes you happy, you do what you got to do. Like, it doesn't matter. There's no rules. <laughs> yes. So I have found two two great things about celebrating earlier because I grew up the same way. My yeah. mother's birthday is November 30th. And so we could never do okay. Christmas until after her birthday, her birthday had yep. passed. Yep. <laughs> and fair enough. I get it. And then I realized that by starting earlier, I was ready to let go by New Year's. Like yes, after Christmas, yes. I was truly ready to start fresh. And I think yep. if everything's put away and my house is like clutter-free on January mm -hmm. 1st, it's like a different mental space for me. I agree. Is like really cleansing. Yes. And <laughs> they say that people that celebrate the holidays are happier. Like they're just, yes. we're happy, we're joyful, we're ready yes. to start. Yes. Yes. So I agree. I just, there's something so festive, whatever you celebrate around this time, but at least yeah. it changed like the, it's just the twinkly lights and the, it's just, it's joyful. I know it's for not me, for yeah, for, It's just a for, spirit yeah. of people not being nasty as much and like just yes, thinking yeah. of others, right? Because we're all thinking mm -hmm. about what we're going to gift others. There's just a, an overall sense of positivity around the season that we yes. need to bring into our daily lives sooner. Yes. More and I too, I agree with all of that and, and the letting go of it by New Year's because that's the same thing for me too. But also I, I like to decorate a lot. And mm -hmm. I was like, it's a lot of work to only get to enjoy it for four weeks, three and a half weeks. So that was the other thing too. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put all this work into it and have a little bit more time to enjoy it. Yes. I've already started watching some of the movies. Like we're pretty much in it. <laughs> I need to get a list from you. Do you have one on the blog of like your favorite holiday movies? I do. I have a whole, yeah, like holiday movies for kids and adults. Although I need to add some new ones and there's so many new ones coming mm -hmm. out this year. I feel like there's tons coming out onto Disney plus and Will Ferrell has a new one. And so I'm going to have to go through and watch those, but I do, I have one of those. Yeah, I have an live... old one that has outdated Hallmark movies. They release like 20 every season. So I feel like it's no longer up to date. <laughs> I'm newly getting into that whole like rom-com the holiday oh, thing. So yes. I will have to check it out. And we're Halloween people, right? So I have like scary yeah, movies yeah. and Halloween movie lists and all that kind of stuff. But now I've become, I've started reading <laughs> like romance novels and I don't oh. know who I am, but I'm like, I'm, you know what? It's okay. It makes yeah. me happy. Yeah. This is what happens when you grow up. You're just like, this is who I am. I don't yes. care what the cliche is. It's fine. I like nope. it. It makes me happy. Um, I agree. There's enough. If you look at my Kindle library, there's like serious books, but then there's like total mindless books. Mm -hmm. I've got a lot of, I really like historical fiction, which tends to be a little bit more deep and dark. Mm -hmm. And, but there's just times where I'm like, I just want to read a like silly mindless rom-com because there's a lot of heartache and heartbreak in our world. And yes. I was going to say our country, but it's really our world. Yes. And so sometimes at the end of the night, you just want to go and read about a silly romance, then like 
more sometimes you yes, need to that's exactly. like our that's where it's like the escape from it from the reality yeah. so I think that's what happened to me as coming out of the pandemic with everything yeah. that was happening social justice wise like everything yeah. that was happening it was just like you know what I'm gonna give myself a space that's just yes safe this is just my little happy safe space yes yep yeah uh, okay last question do you have any Black Friday deals that you're chasing down today I don't, I don't, because it's like you said, it's so funny. They've all started. Like, I feel like I've taken, I've already gotten some of them like a week, weeks ago, but I always am looking to share with my audience. Cause I know people are, especially if they're coming to this way of eating the first time or they're looking to start cooking more. And so I'm always keeping my eye out on shoe knives are my favorite and they're super expensive. So I'm like, anytime there's a deal, I try to share it. Cause I like amassed mine one by one over the years by saving up caraway pots and pans. I really love, and I know there's going to be a sale. So I'm like constantly refreshing Amazon and Sir Latab and William Sonoma, not for myself because my kitchen's pretty darn stocked after cooking for so many years, but to share them with everybody else. And then I need new luggage. So I'm really hoping that some luggage, some good quality luggage goes on sale because I've just bought too many from Target over the years that are just totally falling apart. And I'm like, I need to actually invest with how much I, I travel. I love my away luggage. That's what I'm waiting on. Yeah. Everybody loves it. I know. I was gifted one and I was like, I never knew that luggage there could be like a quality difference. Yes. 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 Yeah. That's what I'm waiting. And that would be the one thing I would be looking for myself. And I would, if I, yeah, if, as we get to become adults, I'm like, I need a new dryer. So like we just wa- bought, we replaced my washer a few years ago, but I'm like, maybe for our Christmas gifts this year, we'll get a dryer that's on sale. We just got a new washer and dryer last month. And it's so funny. Two of the four kids do their own laundry and both of them yeah. are like, oh my gosh, that's the new washer and dryer is so great. And I'm like, it's the little things when you grow up, right? Yes, it is. It's the little, well, and it's the, the things we things. give as gifts, quote unquote. But yeah, I'm glad yeah. your kids, my, my oldest does his laundry. I don't think he would notice if the new dryer dried faster, but I sure would. I'm like, it takes 90 minutes on the same side. I'm like, it will be more efficient and it'll save yes. us money in the long run. You mentioned caraway pans. So I just want to shout out to, I found these stainless steel pans that use a sanding process Mm -hmm. to make them nonstick instead of a coating because I did research and all those like nonstick ceramic brands Uh are not actually ceramic and they have a polymer in them, but Lake Creuset, I know you love Lake Creuset. I do love Lake Creuset. I know. Le Creuset is true enamel. And then I found yep. this like stainless steel brand, which is uh, 360 cookware, which they basically make their stainless steel non-porous by sanding it down to keep it non-stick. I'm going to have to look into it. Yeah. Cause I'm just like, I'm tired of the greenwashing of the I it's know. safe, it's safe. And then, oh, we I found looked, I, maybe I didn't do deep enough PFAS. research. I looked I into the, I looked into the caraway and it felt like the safest. And if it wasn't getting scratched or done at high heat, then it was the safest for you for a nonstick thing. Cause my Easton loves to make scrambled eggs. And I swear I've tried every, every brand. Yeah. Yes. And like the Le Creuset is too high. I use them, but they're too heavy yeah. for him. And he yeah. also doesn't clean them well. And oh, send me the research. Cause you might burst my bubble. Cause I, I know. Was like, I'm I sorry. I found one that works and that's safer. You know, like you're never going to get perfect. Exactly. But. And here's, I think that brings us back around to the original part of the conversation. It's, if that's the one thing, then whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Like, no, no one thing is going to cause the worst things to happen. It's just a matter of making when you know better, you do better. And then you do the best that you can. And sometimes 
better is good enough, not the best. And we used green pan for a really long time and ours, they only last a couple of years. And so we needed- Mine lasted like two months. (laughs) (laughs) We were using like chipped and scratched and it was a hot mess. And so I did a bunch of research like, and that's when I realized that all those brands are basically, it's the same. It's like a, it's got a, undisclosed polymer in it that probably essentially, because you know, there's 12,000 PFAS, but they'll say it's PFAS free because they test for the top three or five or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to burst your bubble on that one. That's all right. (laughs) At least I have an alternative for you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That I appreciate. Okay. This is also your opportunity to tell us, are you, are any of your merchandise or books on Black Friday sale? Yes. We have a sale going on through through the weekend, at least through, I think Cyber Monday, Monday, maybe Tuesday. Yeah, definitely through Cyber Monday. I forget exactly. But yeah, we've got a sale going on my shop. I have all sorts of things. We've got signed books there and handcrafted cookbook stand that I just love that's made in upstate New York by this little family owned business. Aprons, like my, my, I've got page flags that I love, but there's a sale going on there too. Okay. Autographed books make an excellent gift listeners. So definitely run over and check that out. And what about your spices? Are they on sale? They are not. They are not because they're still new, but everything, there's a lot of other stuff on. You can like add those to your cart while you're getting the other stuff. Burnt broccoli and 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 taco is what you recommend. um, Yes. Burnt broccoli, taco. Those are like my favorite fry seasoning. So that's called, there's like a trio. It's called Danielle's favorites. And that's those three. And then I have these new that are great stocking stuffers, but they're really simple, but I couldn't find anything like them. They're magnetic bookmarks and they have the days of the week. So if you're like the meal planning type, and even if you're going across a few different cookbooks, you can, because like for me, when I meal, plan. I find all the recipes and I write my grocery list. But then a lot of times when I go to actually cook it, I'm like, oh shoot, I forgot to write down like the page number, what day, what recipe was Monday. And so they say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then there's a family favorite and they're reusable. So they're just little magnets that you can move to the page depending on what you're planning on making for the week. So they're like $15, not on sale. And they're great for a little stocking stuffer. Cute. I like to always leave listeners with something positive, an actionable suggestion or something that Mm -hmm. can be of service either on themselves or with others without stress, without shame, without dogma. I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if you have ideas of something that someone can walk away with today and be like, I'm going to do this thing or these three things and feel better about myself. Oh gosh. I am new to this. Me, I would say food, of course, like giving yourself a good 30 day reset and trying something different. But that aside, I am going through EMDR therapy right now with my therapist. And I've already seen kind of not like a miraculous, incredible changes yet, but I'm really excited about what it does for you with, especially if you have medical trauma, like I do, or trauma around, like we've had a child loss. I just therapy and counseling in general. (laughs) I mean, we talk about our mental health and like, that is something that I brushed aside for a long time that I've realized is a really big piece for me. And at the very least, just to have somebody to talk to. Um, So I just prioritizing your mental health, whether it's doing like a mindfulness app or actually seeing somebody or I don't journaling, whatever it is. I would say that, especially around the holidays. Cause people, it's a you know, great like, well, gift to give decorations. Yes. Yeah, it's a great yes, gift to give yourself is. this holiday season. It's like find a therapist. Yeah. Yes. Cause it does. I'm like, we're, I'm like, it makes like the decorations make me joyful and I love it. And I love the holidays, but like also at the same time, holidays can bring up hard feelings for me, for other people that have gone yes. through things. So like prioritizing that 
is, has been huge for my overall wellness. Yes, totally agree. Yeah. I've lost two loved ones around the holiday. And then now that mm-hmm. we're adopting a foster child, that is always going to be a difficult time of year for someone who yeah. is not with those that they were with before. And that's and, just yeah. a tip of the iceberg yeah. around how complicated holidays can be. So I love that for idea. Sure. Great one. Thank you. And listeners, we'll be sharing what we really thought over on patreon.com slash the whole view, the best place to ask questions too. And if you've loved the show that we create and produce ourselves, the Patreon is a great way to support the show, but so is leaving a review and hitting the follow or subscribe button in whatever app you're using mm-hmm. that others can find us too. And if you'd like to keep in touch with Danielle, the best place to do that is at daniellewalker.com. And you can also find her on Facebook. I think you're still against all grain on Facebook. I am (laughs) (laughs) working on that, but Instagram at Daniel Walker. And of course you can just link to all of your stuff at your website, danielwalker.com and your books and all the shop and merchandise that we talked about there are at shop.daniellewalker.com, including your new book, healthy in a hurry, as well as eat what you Mm -hmm. love celebrations meals made simple, which is where that recipe was that you referenced earlier and the original against all grain. So listeners, thank you we put all those resources in the show notes for you at realeverything.com. Thank you for tuning in today. We appreciate your willingness to be open to growth through your own personal changes because no one is perfect, but in listening, learning, and unlearning, we can become better versions of ourselves. We are Allie and Erica, Certified Integrative Nutrition Health Coaches in Gut and Hormone Health and the hosts of the podcast, Courageous Wellness. We are committed to destigmatizing conversations in the wellness space and celebrate the experiences and lessons of our guests in pursuit of physical, emotional, and spiritual wellness. Listen to Courageous Wellness wherever you get your podcasts with fresh episodes every Wednesday.